0: The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Hello, Refuge. Good morning. As we get started, I want to put another plug in for reading your Bible. Uh, we are, you know, just getting into April, and if you are part of House Church or even are coming on, on Sundays, we are going through the scripture together as a church on uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays in House Church. We're just talking through the scriptures where we're at in our reading. Um, we're going through it using a, um, a little app called Read Scripture, but we, we have some printouts in the back if you want to go through it, um, Analog, and also we, we welcome you here, uh, you Analogers, um, if you have fallen off and you started strong, you felt like it was going well and you aren't reading, I want to just invite you back in to start right now. Um, if reading is hard for you or you're not in the habit of reading a lot, you can listen to it. That's great. Um, but even, you know, digesting it can be challenging. So I want to encourage you a couple of things. The first is to invite God into your time of reading. If you are like me, I'm always thinking of the next two things I'm doing, and it's hard to be present where I'm at. And so just to spend time to to pray and just invite God into that time and make that, whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes that you you have, just to be present in that moment with God. I also want to encourage you to, to try capturing one thing to take with you, whether that's a challenging question or a verse that you want to meditate on. Um, and share that one thing later in the day. That really helps right? If, if there's like one verse or one question. And it could be somebody in your house church or somebody you know that you're like, hey, this, I was really challenged by this today. I'm not really sure what to do with it, um, to, to start walking through the scriptures that way together. And that, in that way, we begin to be a church where the word of Christ dwells among us richly. So today we are in First Kings in the story of Elijah. And I'm just gonna tell you his story leading up to chapter 19, where we are. In chapter 18, it has one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. It's of Elijah, who is a prophet and a man of God. A prophet, not just being someone who tells the people about what will happen in the future, but he explains what's happening in the present, what God is doing. And so as you see Israel, sometimes they had good relationships with their prophets, sometimes they had hard relationships, and I think you can see this in your own life, sometimes if someone, <laughs> have you ever had someone go, hey, I think God gave me a word for you, and sometimes you're like, sweet, and you're excited, <laughs> other times you, you, you start going through a list of things in your head that they could confront you with, and, and you go, maybe this isn't the best time, uh, and, and that's what it was like with the prophets, is they would come and, and speak with Israel. Oftentimes, uh, it was to remind them uh, what it meant to truly follow God. And, and that's what, what we find in First 1 Corinthians First, Corinthians, First Kings 18, where Israel, under the leadership of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, are following uh, an idol called Baal. And not like a basketball. It's B A A L, and they have 450 false prophets of Baal who, as they uh, they worship him, and all Israel has been led into worship of Baal. What's happened is Elijah, seeing this, he realizes you know it's it's not just going to take talking to people individually. We're gonna we're gonna all come together, and we're gonna have a big showdown, like the classic Western. You know, you line the town, uh, the center street, and you just look at one another, and you know it's going to happen. And and that's exactly what goes on. Elijah calls out all the prophets of Baal, and they come to a mountain called Mount Carmel. And he says, this is what's going to go down. You're going to get an an altar, and you're going to put your sacrifice on it, and you're going to cry out to your God. And I'm going to do the same thing. 450 against one, right? I'm going to call out to, to my God. You're going to call out to your God. And the God that responds is the true God. This is awesome. And so, so the stage has been set. And so the prophets of Baal, they, they come and, and they're, they're dancing around. It says they're, they're cutting themselves. This is how they would worship. And, and Elijah's kind of making fun of them. And, and I don't think you see something in that that is, is good. I think Elijah's beginning to kind of fray at the seams, right? But he's, he's like kind of making fun of him. And then he goes, okay, okay, it's my turn. And so, so he, it says he rebuilds the altar of the Lord that has been in disrepair. It's a really cool moment that the altar of the Lord is, is up there already. And he just rebuilds it and takes four big pitchers, fills them with water, and three times they douse this altar. And then Elijah prays to God and he says, God, show them that you're the true God and that, this is really cool, he says, and that you are turning the hearts of the people back to you. And God responds. Fire falls from the heaven and consumes the altar and people say, Yahweh, he is God, he alone is God. But Elijah's day is not done. There's been a drought in the land for years and he tells King Ahab, he says, Go eat and drink because I'm going to pray and the drought will be done. And this is, this is amazing. So Ahab goes and eats and drinks. But what we see Elijah do is Elijah then goes and he says, He falls down and he prays. His work isn't over for the day. This is amazing. I mean, imagine this showdown, how exhausted you'd be. But now he goes and he prays for the people. And seven times he sends his servant out to see if a cloud was coming for rain and on the seventh time I mean imagine that faith right just keep praying after the seventh time the cloud comes and he says and he runs back to the city beating Ahab's chariot it's a hard run that's a that's a that's a long day <laughs> and he is exhausted and that's that's where we get into chapter 19 that'll happen in chapter 18 chapter 19 then we see a a man who is exhausted, a man who's breaking. And so let's just jump in at verse one. We have uh it says Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with his sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May God may the gods deal with me be ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them and and this is this is incredible It says Elijah was afraid and ran for his life and here you have a guy who just stood up to 450 prophecies and saw God work and now he's afraid I mean think about the difference in one moment he's filled with courage the next moment he's filled with fear when it when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, and while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a, a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I am no better than my ancestors. So this is this is a man who who the day before had just prayed. God, show that you are turning the hearts of the people back to you. And God responded to his prayer. And now his prayer is that he would die. we we'll keep going. It says, then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Look around. And there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Now this is a really special part. Um, the word angel here um, is the same word used in verse two for when Jezebel sends a messenger. And so, as I was reading this, I thought, you know, I wonder this. The word messenger is translated angel over a hundred times in the Old Testament, but also over ninety times is just translated messenger for people going and communicating. I thought, you know, I wonder if this this was just somebody God sent. Like maybe it was an angel, but maybe it was just, maybe it was just someone who lived nearby. I mean, think of the times in your life where you are utterly worn out and so worn out that, that you, you want to die. so So worn out that like no thoughts are making sense and God's put somebody in your life just to feed you. You know, somebody who comes and they just, they're like, you don't need to talk. Here's a casserole. And 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 we need those people in our lives. And God is sending someone just to be that person, not, not to like try to give that word of encouragement or or pick them up or you know, no, just feed them. Isn't that beautiful? And sometimes in life, I know, maybe in, in our lives, like literally people are just like managing our caloric intake instead of trying to like make us more spiritual health, but in that, they're a messenger of God. And it says, then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Another thing that I want you to see here is this, that as Elijah thinks he is running away from God, the one who is giving him energy to run away from God is God. And I love that. I love that because it's like Elijah is like he is. He's working so hard just to to get away from this life that he thinks is so tiring and is against him. People are against him, and God's not for him anymore. And God is just like helping him run. He's just going. To, I, I know. He's like, I'm going to feed you for 40 days. 150 miles he travels, and these days just wandering. And God is making sure that can happen. Isn't that beautiful? And I think of this, I think, God, why, what What happens next? Why didn't you just whisper in his ear before he started? <laughs> but <laughs> but there's this journey, right? I, I didn't share this first gathering, but there's this these hilarious YouTube videos of like, like how movies should have gone. And one is of the Lord of the Rings and how like Frodo rides on an eagle all the way to the mountain, just drops the ring in the, the molten lava and it's like done, right? It's like, like why didn't they just do it? But it's like, this is like, why 40 days of running? A couple of you nerds out there were like, yeah, it makes sense. But the books were wonderful. Um, but the journey, Right? Like this incredible journey that he, and we don't see what's happening that, there, but there's 40 days of him wrestling with his thoughts. Psalm 13 says, how long, O Lord, must I wrestle with my thoughts? And I know that's where Elijah is in this time. And then he, he comes to a cave at the end of the time and he spends the night there and the word of the Lord came to him and he says, what are you doing here, Elijah. So I'm going to give you three questions for a life on the run. Um, I don't know where you're at, but some of us probably feel like that's where we are right now. We maybe aren't where we were. We feel like we're where we should be, and we're figuring out where God wants us. And the first question is simply, where is your here? And what I mean by that is, it's where you in this moment? And that could be geographically. I mean, you could think like, some of you could be like, why am I in Bremerton or Kitsap? Or like, why has God brought me back to this moment? But for some of us, it's going to be, why spiritually am I in the place I'm in? For Elijah, his here was a place of fear, right? He was so afraid. And so no matter where he was and no matter how far he went, he could not escape his fear right? He couldn't escape his anxiety. He couldn't escape it because it was going on inside of him. I think sometimes we're like, oh, I just need another location, need another place, and yet yet you can't escape from what's going on inside of you. Where, Where is you're here? And in that place of fear, he was literally running on empty. And I, I last year I, I read this, um, I read this book. I got to a place personally where I was—I um, didn't have any reserve anymore. And I, I read this book called *Leading on Empty*. And one of the helpful examples it gave was—you was, know—he yeah, said, "You know, we as people, we're running on <laughs> our bodies are are working, and we need to feed them. But our souls are working, and they need to be also fed." But in each of those, we're constantly expending ourselves. Whether it's relationships we're in, that that even maybe they're good ones, but we just we're giving and we're not feeling. Maybe we're not allowing ourselves to be be filled up again. Maybe we're spending time with God, but instead of actually listening, we're just kind of checking. Oh, I read my Bible again today, or, or whatever that is, and I found myself in that place. and And the example given in the book was: it's like a you know, think of a car with a car battery, and and if the car's not working right and the battery's not getting recharged, eventually, right, you're going you're gonna to get somewhere and the engine won't turn over and it won't start. And we get those places in our life. The, the example of the person in, in the, who wrote the book came to a place, they were a pastor, they came to a place where they would just sob uncontrollably. They're they like, I don't know why. I don't. But they came to a place where they just couldn't give anything more. They were, they were not just worn thin, but they felt very broken. Um, <laughs> where, where the car looks great, but it just won't turn over anymore. And and maybe that's where some of you are, or you're just getting tired. So yesterday, as I was preparing to preach today, and I just thought, where is my here? I just <laughs> realized how tired I was. I realized just how absolutely exhausted I was. Now, the next question is, what are you doing here? Um... Because there's reasons we get to the places we are. And that's what God first asks Elijah. Elijah's been wrestling with his own thoughts, but then God speaks. He says, okay, fear, excitement, joy, expectation. Why are you here? And what Elijah does is he, he just gives God his all, right? His pity is like all his thoughts, his pride, he just, he's, so, he's just trying to get out of his thoughts. The incredible thing is that God is invited in that moment for him to speak. I read a commentary that I strongly disagree with that said that God was, God was reprimanding Elijah. And I don't think he was. And the reason why I don't think he was is because he gave Elijah the energy to get to the place he was. God helped him get there. So, right, when God was like, why are you here, Elijah? It's not like God knew. God knew what was going on, but he he wanted to he wanted to welcome Elijah into this moment where he could just talk and just get it out. And what happens next after Elijah says these things? If we can read it, it starts in in verse ten. Um, here, I'll just read it. It might come up in a second. It says. Um, Elijah replies, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. And the Lord says, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by you. And I think this is, this was hard for me because it, it's, it's almost like, like God Shows up and God talks to him, but it's not—it's not very personal yet, right? And he's just like commanding, "Just go, be here." And so Elijah, I'd see, like obediently, just goes out. And it says, "Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake." After the earthquake, a fire came, but the Lord was not in the fire. And, and this is really important. It, every time, and, and what this shows us is that Elijah was wanting God to be those things. Right? He was looking, God, is this where you're going to be? And, and so why? Why these mighty acts of nature? And I think partly is is Elijah was so self-consumed at the time. And, and I want you to, when I, when I say that to you, I don't think Elijah did anything wrong at any one of these times. Right? That this is the it's okay to be tired. Like that's honestly, that's maybe what a lot of you guys need to hear today as you leave. Elijah was a mighty man of God who did incredible things 41 days prior. <laughs> but where he's at now, it's not because he like sinned or anything. He's just tired and he's broken and he didn't, he, never, he wasn't caring for himself right he was just giving 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 and he was so tired and a lot of times when we get to that place of tiredness we're like i must have done something wrong no you're just like you're human like you are weak and that's okay it's okay to be that tired and so he so he sees his mind and all of a sudden i think what he starts seeing is is what's going on around him (laughs) he sees this this wind and i You ever have those moments when you're you're awake at night and the wind is just tearing and you, it's like the wolf is huffing and puffing and blow your house. I mean, you just you just feel like like you're done for because the wind is just like pushing the house. It's like this mighty, and, and all of a sudden, all you can think about is that. And then all of a sudden, then the earth starts shaking, and this I mean, what do we have if the earth gives way, right? It's like we have no foundation. I can't fly. Like, this is what I got. And, and that's what happened. Like, the earth starts shaking, but God isn't there. It's like, it, there's other things going on. And the fire. And fire is fantastic. You can stare for hours at a fire because it's unpredictable. You don't know the way it's going to move next. But Then when you see a fire catch a whole hillside on fire, and you're like, that's a scary unpredictability. And this is what we see here. But, but God isn't present in any one of those things. But then God speaks in a gentle whisper. This can also be, as I was reading, it, this, this doesn't necessarily mean, the way these words are brought together doesn't necessarily mean that actually God uttered anything. And I think there's there's maybe justification for thinking that way. Partly, we don't know if he said anything, right? <laughs> like these moment where all the all these things have happened, and all and and Elijah has given God everything in him, and it reminds me of this moment in a book called "Till We Have Faces" by C.S. Lewis, and and it's this the story of of a woman who's very bitter. She has a sister who's beautiful. and She didn't think of herself as beautiful. Her sister is liked by people she's not liked. Anyway, she gets to this part in the book where, where she's standing before the gods. And, and she's raging. She's like, if I could only get an audience with the god, I will let them know. She stands there and she over and over again says the same thing, just her... Her judgment of God, right? And over and over again, and then stops, and God says, God say nothing in this book, faces, But in that moment, there's an answer. And I think I think of how our perspective shifts. And I think of in this moment when God came, and He didn't come with command, go out on the mountain and stand there. <laughs> but He came in in comfort. And we don't know what he said. We don't know what God said in this moment. But in that moment, there was comfort. And that's powerful. Because I think I think a couple things here. I think one is, I, I think if God said something, it might be good we don't know because maybe we would try living off Elijah's comfort. And maybe some of us are in that place where we're, we are so desperate to take a shortcut to comfort that we will hear it from anybody else. Like, you're going to call up your parents. You're going to call a mentor. You're going to reach out to a friend. And you just want them them to say the right thing so you don't actually have to stand before God. <laughs> you don't have to wait in his presence. You don't have to hear from him. So we don't get to hear. We don't get to hear If anything, that Elijah got to hear in that moment, I think we get to ask, what is God going to say to you? What will God say to you? Why are you here? God says the same thing twice to Elijah. And Elijah says the same thing twice to God, but the whole context is different. After the still small whisper or presence of God, everything has changed. (laughs) <laughs> and there's healing in that moment that I don't know how to describe. In, um, in the 12-step program, um, the first step, which I think is very profound, it's to admit that you are powerless and that your life has become unmanageable. That you are powerless and that your life has become unmanageable. And I really think that's where, I don't know if there's a better way to describe what's going on here. I think what happened is Elijah is so powerless and so unmanageable when that voice of God comes that isn't the earthquake and isn't the fire and isn't the wind and he just stops. And the context changes because the context is God's context, not him anymore. It's so beautiful. So for you, where is your here right now? Is it it a place of fear? Is it a place of anticipation? Where is your here? Where does God have you now? And as I sat with that yesterday and I encourage you, I really, really encourage you to take time this afternoon. Don't wait till tomorrow. Take the time today just to sit and evaluate where you're at right now. You could be on the brink of burnout. Right? You could be, you, honestly, you could find in that stillness you're here right now is a place of tremendous encouragement. <laughs> and so, so when, when God says, why are you here? Maybe he's going to be pushing you out the door to go encourage some people because like, you're in a really great spot. Um, where is your here and why are you here? What has brought you to the place that you are right now? As I, as I evaluated that in my own life, I realized how smart we really are. <laughs> what I mean by that is, if you stop and you're like, why am I here? You usually know exactly why. Right? <laughs> a lot of times, I mean, sometimes there there are situations we really don't get. Um, but I tell you what, for, for me, like where I'm at right now, I'm like, there's a pretty clear number of dots that have brought me right now to where I'm at right and and it's humbling and I'm going to admit that I'm powerless and I am it's unmanageable because of what I've done like that that's where I'm at that's where I'm at right now and so so the last thing is what is God saying to you and the beautiful thing is God has given us his word and God has given us his presence. And we come back to this often as a church. But we have to come back to this often. Because seriously, like we, this is what we need every day. Like I, like unless it is the presence of God that we are like seeking and living in every day, like your life will start diverging from a way that is healthy and true in life. It just, that's that's it. <laughs> like, unless we preach the presence of God that he's made available to you, like, like what else, right? And so I don't hear What is God saying to you? What is it he's speaking? Maybe there's, maybe there's just a, a gentle whisper or a presence that he wants to bring to you. And maybe it could be at the very end, what Elijah gets is God says to him, now, after this moment of comfort, he says, yeah, now go. What I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you anoint this person as king. I'm going to have you anoint this person as king. and you're going to anoint this guy who's now going to be your buddy, your prophet buddy, Elisha, because I see that you're alone, and honestly, I, was, I just spoke this in the last gathering, but I realized how true this might be of a lot of us. Sometimes when we are present, we're like, Where's my here? Some of us, it might be like, man, I have a lot of acquaintances, but no friends. <laughs> like, I have a lot of people, but I don't feel like I'm deep with anyone. And maybe that's your here, and, and God wants to, to lead you out of that, to make an investment. Not just to wait for somebody to make an investment in you. You're going to make an investment. And then, I don't know where that is, but what, what will God say to you? Because he's given us his word, and he's given us his presence. And so, I just want to invite you into that. He wants to meet with you. Um, if this is the start of your journey, don't expect it to be immediate. It could be forty days and a lot of casseroles. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like like your friends just going like they just see your face and they're like, "Here's a taco, yeah." <laughs> uh, yeah <they're> like <laughs> like we're he? we're here. And, but if you're pursuing him, that is the goal of your life. That is what you need to spend your your whole self going towards. Pray with me. Father, um, I admit that we are powerless as a church. God, we can't just like play great songs and preach and just, there isn't any magic in that. Um, there's... <laughs> There isn't what we need in that unless you fill that. You made our lives, our individual lives also, to go from day to day to day filled with you and sharing you. And I pray that, that you'll be speaking to us. We'll take time with you and you'll be speaking to us and bring us to a place of spiritual health and spiritual life so that we can go and, and maybe, God, you, you'll be speaking through us to one another. Uh, we'll go to work and there'll be something different about us because we met with you and, and you're giving us encouragement for the people we work with. You're, we're, we're showing them you. Because we're not just trying to eat better, sleep more, have better disciplines of exercise. Beyond those things, God, we are people who are experiencing unity with you, life by the Spirit. God, I pray that you will protect us as we set out on the journey to meet with you. Feed us. God, we want you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.